Greetings, flesh creatures. It is I, Megatron. On behalf of TFYLP, I want to congratulate you for listening to the most refined collective podcast on this miserable little planet Earth. Yes. Here you'll find knowledgeable fans discussing every aspect of Transformers and beyond. Now, enjoy the show while I continue my path to complete conquest of all of you miserable biological entities. Predacons, terrorize! Transformers, defenders of truth, robots who fight and Hi, and welcome to TFYLP, uh, recorded Sunday, August 25th, uh, episode 343. Uh, so today I have with me, I've got Paul. Hello. I've got Anna. Good morning. <laughs> and I've got Rick. Paul, Paul sounds like he's not sure if he should talk into like a microphone if people are listening to him. <laughs> I, was, I was muted and I was trying to go to the Haslab Unicron thing. And I was like, oh no. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. Breaking news. South Park returns September 25th. Mark your calendars. There we go. Who are you again? I'm glad we got the South Park news out of the way here. <laughs> aren't they sponsors? They're not sponsors. No. Okay. no not, I, not sponsors. I, I don't know where I got that from. I thought they were. I thought they were sponsoring us. No. Nope. Wow. So, Maybe so, in the future. Yeah. Yeah. Possibly. I think this is the first Tiff Flip episode where I'm actually drinking uh, a non-alcoholic beverage. This is something called water. I mean, it, it is uh, noon, right where you're at. So it is noon. I know. I should. Oh. I should have at least a rosé in my hand. Exactly. <laughs> some some hair of the dog. Rosé is okay. It's only eleven over here, so I don't know. Right. So church Pino. is just getting out. <laughs> Pinot or uh, mimosa. So. Uh, so, so, yeah, so today we're going to uh, talk about Unicron, right, Paul? <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I just thought it would be interesting to say that we're, we're six days away, to time this episode, we're six days away from the end of the campaign, and by next Sunday, it will be over in one way or another. So it'll be interesting to see, is all I would like to say about that. I'm just yeah. going to go ahead and film another episode of Cut the Tape right now while we're doing this. Oh, you, can, you can fix it in post, right? <laughs> that doesn't count. That thing is new. Yeah. That's long. yeah exactly. This is the only one I found, and it's, it's in a smash box. So I always wait till I find the second one to compare the boxes. But this box is smashed. Yeah. So just don't have to worry about it. Up. I keep wanting to open it for reasons. So, uh, so the actual topic tonight is, is, uh, is actually from Rick, uh, because when we had Ask My Wallet earlier in the week, uh, Rick kind of had a tangent on, on Hasbro and, and third party, and uh, it generated some discussion uh, in the group. Um, and so we thought that it would actually be a good uh, you know, idea, uh, potentially, to 
actually talk about Hasbro versus third party. And I think it'd be interested, you know, since uh, Ricky used to work for, for Hasbro kind of, um, you know, some of what, what their thoughts are or what their thoughts were on, on third party when, uh, uh, when you work for them. And then also we can kind of talk about like, um, you know, with the various cast members we have, um, you know, so, some of us collect third party, some don't. And so, uh, you know, kind of just in, in general, our, our thoughts of, of, uh, of Hasbro versus third party. So the age old right. discussion, <clears throat> Exactly. So, so where are we? Where should we start? So, um, I, I'm kind of curious, you know, based on your comments, like, um, you know, what what did Hasbro think about third party? You know, back in the day, like, were they tre- like were they aware of it? You know, all the way going back to the beginning, is that something that they were tracking and that they cared about? So, all right. So when I got to Hasbro. Uh, I came in during production of Revenge of the Fallen. So, thinking back to that time, what existed in the third-party community was mostly classic Prime trailers. Right? Yeah, upgrade sets, mostly. Upgrade sets. Uh, the Ultra Magnus set existed. There was a Cliff Jumper set. I think someone made, like... Another head for a classics Bumblebee, you know, it, it was still in its infancy. And this was well before Shapeways existed, if I remember. Yeah, <clears throat> before it was the, the, you know, Trent Troop machine that it is today. So, over the next couple years, there was a rapid evolution of third party. The first thing that really stuck out was that Springer. And I, I forget the name of the company, but fans we project. all know Fans Project. Yes, it was Fans Project Springer. And it wasn't, you know, it, it was not a uh, very uh, detailed figure in, in that it, it didn't, the silhouettes didn't match. The color schemes match, and you could tell, oh, it turns from a car to a helicopter. But it was very much its own unique figure, its own style, right? So nothing could be done there. You know, that was none of this was really on on Hasbro's radar until I would started like raising alarms, saying, "Hey, we should keep an eye on this because this this is going to be something." Every time we don't do something, every time we don't throw in that extra accessory we're giving someone else an opportunity. Not much attention was paid to me because I was the otaku. So I was the fanboy that was that was hired. And that's pretty much why you were hired, right? I mean, you were kind of like the lore, like you're supposed to be the keeper of the lore. Yeah, uh, so keeper of the lore, but also uh, help in design uh, new products and uh, new entertainment. So they needed someone with an opinion that existed outside of their own <clears throat> and someone who could communicate that opinion in a way that they would understand. So some time goes by and then the thing that kind of raised the alarm for people to start paying attention to what I was saying was 
there was at some point someone had duplicated the tooling for Masterpiece Starscream, the very first version. As iGear. It was iGear, yes. And they started making cone heads. And then they started trying to do exclusives for stores in the US using our tooling. Like G2, I think there was a G2 Ramjet for a store in California. I, I don't remember the, the store's name or if it was in California, but remember this is a few years ago for me. <clears throat> so that was like the first thing that like came into play. It wasn't that, hey, look, someone's taking, there was also that like sound wave set where it's like there was a cassette that was like the drone from a G1 episode. Uh, and there was like, you know, Energon cubes. It was like the box was in the shape of Soundwave and it had the Soundwave accessories. But, you know, when I would present that to people, their opinion was, look, that's, that's from a show that's 25, 30 years ago. We're never going to make that. That's, that's not on our radar. Why would we ever make that? We, we don't live in that universe. That's DVD sales. That's all that is. Fair enough. But then that Starscream from iGear started hitting. And that's what got people upset, was that they were replicating tooling. And that is something that is pursuable. So I mentioned, hey, they're taking our tooling and they're duplicating it and they're making other figures. That's what's got their attention. That's when they said, all right, go upstairs to legal, show them what you're talking about and let them decide what they're going to do. Can I clarify something with you? When you say, when you say something, the tooling is replicated. Does that mean they like, took a Starscream, dismantled it, and, like, recreated molds off of that? Or they actually had access to the original tool and, like... No, they didn't have access it. to the original tool. No. What they would do is they would... When you... there, There's several ways of replicating a tool. Back in the day, in the 80s or 90s, if you wanted to replicate tooling, you'd take something apart, you'd make a mold. But there's shrinkage in that mold. So you could tell the knockoff just a little bit tinier than the original, right? Because there is, there is going to be shrinkage. Uh, this is taking something apart, most likely scanning it in and creating a CAD file from each individual piece, doing a 360 scan, assembling those pieces together in a computer, and then telling the computer, go ahead, cut a mold. That is how you get a knockoff nowadays. And that's how, when all those things are scanned in, a uh, knockoff company can go, hmm, I've just scanned in Dinobot, Masterpiece Dinobot. I want to improve something because there's some QC issues from the official Takara release. Let's go look at the hips. Let's go fix the hips. Uh, let's go look at this Megatron over here. Let's, you know, let's just tweak this a little bit. That's how they're able to do that. And then they say, all right, print mold. Yeah, because Everything because looks good. Everything's watertight. They go, all right, cut mold. So everything's in the computer before yeah. they don't have to spend a bunch of time and money like figuring it out. They can do it digitally. Right. They take it apart piece by piece. They scan each piece in and 
it's assembled all on the computer. Much, much easier. Rather than making a mold, casting from that mold, basically you're you're building a toy from the ground up. You're just using, um, instead of a wax mold, you have an actual finished toy that you're making a mold from. So it's much easier now to make a KO, which is a knockoff. And for the few people who, who may be confused, KOs, what we call knockoffs, are um, uh, reusing the tooling, or reusing the sculpt, the engineering of an existing toy. All right, it's duplicating that existing toy. Sometimes it adds a little thing, colors may be different, maybe they'll put a different head on it. <clears throat> and they'll, they'll be able to make it cheaper. So if you haven't gotten your Masterpiece Dinobot yet, maybe you can get a knockoff one. A third-party toy is an all-new design. It's all-new engineering. It's it's a brand new it's a brand new item. So th that's what we mean when we're talking on the show about KO versus third-party. So right now I'm talking KO. And we're not discussing intellectual property. Let's just avoid that for this discussion, right? Because a third party I think, could. I think that's maybe... going to play into this discussion. Okay. All right. Well, too. I mean, I think it's interesting to hear. And again, I know, um, and I, I can't remember as far as like what the timeline was when they started. Again, outside of that, um, that Starscream, when they really started making designs that were really close to the original cartoon, rather was than that Ultra Magnus. That was it. I hear the Ultra Magnus trailer that fit around Classics Voyager Prime. Uh huh. Well, yeah. Project. So that came before the iGear Seekers. Yeah. <clears throat> and there were lots of KOs at the time of like Henke and Classics toys, especially the Seekers. They've always been yeah. huge KO fodder. If anyone remember, if anyone's old enough to remember KOtoys.com, was a dude named Mike in China. If you're listening, I remember you. I, I don't think his name was really Mike. Maybe not. I, I'm pretty sure he was from all the people I knew that dealt with him. I never dealt with him myself, but um, he was an interesting character, as they all are. Yeah, so I got a story about him, too, apparently, that I remembered. But that's okay. So the Ultra Magnus starts to hit, and that's uh, that was an upgrade set to turn your classics white Optimus Prime into Ultra Magnus with the armor on him and that was a big thing in the in the community in the transformers community uh we didn't really have samples of any of this stuff at hasbro there was only one time where i was said all right go go shop around see it was at a BotCon. they're like all right go shop around see what see what you say and bring it back to the office so i got that springer i got that sound wave set uh, I think I got the Rumble and Frenzy that turned into, like, arm cannons. <clears throat> and a few other minor little things. So, but the eye gear, replicating tooling, that was upsetting to the brand. And they said, go up to legal, show them what you got, they'll, they'll make a decision. So, and it may have changed since then, but the way it worked several years ago was uh, 
it was legal who could send a CMD, but if someone wanted to pursue for damages, the brand had to pay for that. And the brand had to pay for that out of their budget. And what's the brand's budget for? Payroll, tooling, and manufacturing, right? So if you think about it, back when third party just started to explode, the brand would have had to spend money allocated for creating a new toy in order to pursue them. So we would have had one less toy, two less toys in order to pursue companies, which basically, let's say, if they could have shut them down, they would have shut down, they would have gone across the street and started up again under a new name. Right? Because China is the Wild West. So the iGear stuff, uh, Hasbro sent a C and D to whoever it was that was going to sell the Ramjet exclusive because of the tooling. And I don't I don't know what it said, I don't know what the letter who it was addressed to. I don't know uh, I don't know the language used. Um, but I got a I got an email saying the situation's been handled. Okay. Uh, all right. I'm not sure what that means, but okay, thank thanks. I I don't know. And after iGear started coming out with those seekers, let's see if you guys remember. What was the next big third party, not KO? Oh, actually, it was KO. What was the the next big KO thing to come out? Let's see if you guys know your history. Next big KO? Next big KO. Of a Hasbro item? God, there's so many. I don't... (laughs) <laughs> who is the face of the brand it's optimus optimus so mpo1 oh those little oh. miniature ones it was the little miniature like voyager sized mpo ones well that, that was i gear again that was wasn't it too, yeah. was it that, so. that made them flip their shit because it was our tool like they wouldn't have known about it unless i had said something Right, because nobody, just I don't care what anyone on on the goddamn internet says. There is no one there who sits all day and reads the boards. There is no one there who who's looking on Facebook and seeing what the communities do. If yeah, there's have, people who do that, one. yeah. If there's people who do that at Hasbro, it's because they're a part of the community. They're not reporting things. They're they're because they're engaging as fans. All right, there's no one at Hasbro who is looking at what the minority of the voices on the internet say, the minority of the people who purchase their products say, and reporting on it. However, part of my job was, if you see something, say something. So, I see this Optimus come up, and I'm like, crap, that's our tooling. Send it off to legal. Don't hear anything for a while. Legal comes back. Um... What's up with this? What's this Optimus thing? Are we making that? Like, no, 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 we're not making that. Just a side note, this is just completely not involving this conversation. My first week at Hasbro, Jesus Christ, someone from the gaming side calls over to my side of the building, and she's like, who is Optimus and who is Prime? 
are they the same person? Are they brothers? I, can you explain it to me? <laughs> Head explosion. I, I, so I explain it. You know, it's my first week there, and I'm like, all right, all right. You know, instantly I think someone's punking me. But I, I go ahead and I explain it to her. And I hand up the phone, and I'm like... So Aaron Archer's office was next to my office, and we had a door that went to our... that A mutual door that would only go to our offices. So we would leave the office door open most of the time. So I could hear him fart, and he could hear me fart. And I would be like, hey, Aaron. And he just called me, and I go into the store, and he, and he walks over, and he's like, that person should be fired right now. And uh, I don't believe that person lasted very long. But not not because of anything that, you know, not, nothing that we did. Yeah, just anyway. someone someone that didn't <laughs> seem to know what where they were. Yeah, they just didn't understand how the world works. So, uh, I want to ask a follow-up to your story and, and also to kind of keep us moving at a decent clip here. Um so the first thing you mentioned is the the MP Optimus, the MP Starscream, the first, you know, kind of two big ones that people really liked um, being knocked off in a way by I hear. Is that part, do you believe, as someone who worked for them at the time, do you believe that's part of why we ended up getting a new version of both of those guys? Absolutely not. No. It has nothing to do with why we got new versions of those guys. No, it's just those those characters are the face of the brand, and it's and you, you're always going to sell an Optimus, you're always going to sell a Starscream. <clears throat> so, um, the MPO one mold had been used and used and used, and Takara said, "Hey, we need we need to make a new one." And Hasbro's like, "No, no, 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 no. Why are we going to spend all that tooling? No, 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 no." no. Takara's like, "We need to make a new one." So finally, as uh, uh, as my tenure was coming to an end. The designs came in for the for the new Optimus. Oh no no no! Yeah, no, it had already been produced. Right, the Hasbro version of the new Optimus was was being produced at that point. Right, yeah. So it had nothing to do with third party guys. It was just those those are the face of the brand. How can we improve them? How can we offer something new that people don't already have so they'll give us more money? It's just business. I feel like that's kind of the crux of this entire topic is there's like this big myth that third party begets Hasbro begets third party. Like what's, what's the cycle? Ah. What's the relationship? Like I personally believe there's hardly one at all. Like ah. kind of what you're saying is that I don't, ah, think, ah. I don't think Hasbro is influenced by that stuff. Ah. Prove me wrong. The war of combiners. We'll get to that, though. All right. So, <clears throat> so some time goes by, and more and more products are coming out, right? And they only are aware of them because I had marching orders. Hey, report. What have you seen? So, eventually it comes down, all right, we need a document. Work with our legal team. Find out what you can about about these toys. All right. So <clears throat> I would find out all the products that existed. Right. We had a spreadsheet, uh, a living document with images of the toys, 
how they relate, where they were inspired from, uh, suggested retail price, you know, the MSRP, and then um, number of units uh, that existed. And that's, that's acquired through other means that I'm not going to talk about. <clears throat> then that evolved into who's producing that. So here's the item. Here's where it originates from. Right? And I'm just going to throw out an example because it, it's hard for me to remember back exactly what, what all existed back then, but... Let's just use the iGear Seeker. Here's the iGear Seeker. Here's where they originated with the tooling. Here are the upgrades they've done. Here's the character they're making, Ramjet, Dirge. Here's where that character originates. Here's how we own that character. Here's, the, here's how we own the name of that character. Here's who's producing it. Here's pictures of the factory that's producing it. Here's pictures of the people in the factory producing it. Wow. Here's the address of the factory that's producing it. And it was this huge living document. You print it out, it was, it was ginormous. It was ginormous. Now, that information wasn't... Not every piece of that information was there for every single item. And there were some items that were less important, like the, uh, like the cliff jumper kit. Uh, it was like the red bumblebee, the classics bumblebee, but it was red. Mm -hmm. So it was like a lift jumper head. He had the arm cannon, like the gas gun, and and maybe like new feet or something. The thing was, yep. you needed the toy though for that even to be worthwhile right, right. having. Yeah, you need the Hasbro Takara toy, but you know they're still taking uh, a character that existed in the library making something against that character and selling it. But the problem was when you sold that, like, what is that? Right. What is that? Cause you need the toy to make this work. Right. So what, what is this? So this wasn't very important. So then I learned, I was educated, uh, by the, by the legal department, how Hasbro owns certain things. And I'm not going to get into that, but they told me, all right, this is how we own this character. This is how we own the name of this character. This is what of this character we own. And that was quite interesting. And I just don't want to get into it because that's probably still relevant to them. And, and I do love the brand, so I don't want to give anything away that's going to hurt the brand. So... There was an opportunity where now there was one meeting where we had was it Jerry Javoin, who was head of marketing at the time. It was Archer. It was me. I think it was like, I think Raleigh, Bill Raleigh was there. who's was an asshole. Uh, there was another person from marketing. I think Sarah. And then we had... Uh, Chappie, Brian Chapman, who was like the head of design for Boys Toys, and then the legal department, and they kind of broke it down. It's like, all right, 
Oh, and and corporate security was there too, but they couldn't. Yeah, that that was like. So anyway, that sounds scary. It's like someone to make sure none of you killed each other. <laughs> no, no, it was like corporate security was. They were a little misinformed. They thought that like Walmart and Target and Kmart were selling our stuff because they had seen the combiners like back in the day. That was like the Minnesota that came with the Technobot legs, and they, they were still they were still in that universe in their heads. They didn't understand how things had evolved and progressed to the point where we're having this high level meeting about the situation. So we had this huge document laid out, and everyone's looking at it. It's like, this is ours, this is ours, this is ours, this is our character, this is our character, this is our character. And they've gone and they've designed everything, and they've made a working toy. And then, this is everyone who is selling that character, right? And then you look at it, and it's like, we know a lot of these people. So ultimately, what ended up happening was, legal came down, and they said, all right, it is, it is China, so it is hard to pursue action against these people. You have to, in, in kind of like very layman's terms, like make friends with the chief register or law enforcement officer over there. And get them to help you to pursue these companies. So that's money. To pursue the company internationally, it's money. And then on the back end, why haven't we pursued people who are vendors? You know, people who attend BotCon. And people who... Uh, you got to be quiet, okay, Casey? All right, because Daddy, Daddy's saying something. People who have Hasbro accounts who are selling this. Why aren't you doing this? Like, look at the reality of it. It's like when a lawyer says, all right, let's say some someone put up a fence, right? And the fence is on your property. It's like a foot into your property. And they didn't know that when they put the fence up. But it's a nice fence. So the lawyer tells the homeowner, listen, do you really want to pursue them to take that fence down? Is that fence really affecting your way of life? And ultimately, does that fence increase your property value? How much money are you willing to lose on on, on having the moral high ground? And when the number came back of just making friends with someone, $10,000. And then all the legal fees come and start piling up. That's when everyone's kind of looking at each other and going, listen, when we sell a toy, it makes X millions of dollars. When they sell a toy, it makes X thousands of dollars. It is what it is. And... Let's just monitor the situation. And that was it. That was that was the end. That was the point. At that point, what was also happening is Hasbro's telling BotCon people, don't bring that stuff. Don't have it on display. Don't sell it at, at our shows. It's, it's our party. Don't bring that stuff to our party. Which I think is very fair. 
And I, I was very much against that because if you look at how many units of everything we estimated was produced, Casey, cut it out, versus the collector market, how big the collector market was, <clears throat> Hasbro could, could tell, all right, we're losing this much money. We're losing potentially this much money in sales to this item, to this item, to this item. And then you add it up and it's like, this is how much, how many millions we're losing per year to this overall industry. And it's only continuing to grow and it's grown since then. However, sales have been on the decline as of the last few years. So that was uh, the redacted version of how I uh, was involved with uh, making Hasbro third party aware when I was the creative manager of the Transformers brand. If they had Questions. that, if um, imagine they knew what today's market was going to look like, do you think they would have made the same decision during whatever time period that decision was made? That's that's a good question. I think there would have been a different decision, but there would have been a bigger uh, conversation internally. Like, how is this going to affect us? Like, honestly, someone probably would have lost their job because the money allocated to that person having a job would have had to have gone to a legal defense, right? less toys would have been made because even though we make X millions of dollars versus X thousands of dollars per toy, you still have to spend money up front to get that toy made. Right? So now you're losing money that could have been spent towards, towards designing, creating and producing something that would have generated X millions of dollars for your stockholders, for your company as a whole. And what was the biggest stick at Hasbro back then? Transformers and Nerf, right? If you look at Transformer toys, there's pre-movie, and then there's 2007, and it goes sharply up in the amount of skews, uh, types of toys, age groups that are targeted, right? You hit Revenge of the Fallen, and it, it's all that plus new skews that are going up. And then you get to a point where kids can only buy so many Camaros, right? So already when Age of Extinction, or, or was it Dark of the Moon came out, it's already like coming down again. It came down fast. And then Age of Extinction hit, and it went way down, unfortunately. So uh, other questions. Anna, you want to say something? So in our comments, someone asked, and they asked you specifically, but I think we can all kind of weigh in on this, um, how many of an item a typical third party would typically release in a run? Could it be 500 to 1,000 or more than that? So, you know, what are our beliefs on how many of a third party figure actually realistically get produced as compared to the numbers that we see for the first party figures? Uh, well, you know, you got to remember that some companies have gotten smart about the production run. So back in the day, they would produce all the units at once. Now they produce, hey, here are the first 500. 
we have orders. We have next. We have more orders. Here's the next 500. Here's the next 500. Right. So companies have gotten a lot smarter as far as how they produce their figures. Uh, I don't remember the numbers exactly. I don't have any of those documents, but we had pretty much nailed down how many of each item there were for for a lot of the big items. And then you extrapolate, all right, well, a certain percentage of these are not going to get sold. A certain percentage of these are because they're damaged, you know, go back to the factory or whatever, people get credit. So you take that percentage, you take the average MSRP times the number of units, and then you extrapolate how much money you potentially could be losing. So I feel like there has to be pretty massive. Oh, sorry. Go on. I feel like there has to be pretty massive variance in the numbers that are produced by different different of these third-party companies. Like, you know, for instance, the Iron Factory figures always seem to disappear after a certain amount of time and not really come back. Whereas the the cheaper figures, like the McFan Toy stuff, that is often um, knockoffs in their own right that those just like those stick around, right? Like they're always around. So I feel like there's companies that are taking more of a, that are going more, you know, straight into the like producing massive amounts and reproducing. And there are companies that are being really conservative about it based on the idea that they might only sell 500 to a thousand. Yeah. And, and there's some companies that want to keep excitement around their products. So they'll only produce, Hey, there's only 300 of these or there's right. 500. So they want to keep excitement. They, they want, every time there's a drop a product drop, they want people to jump on it. Uh, well, they don't I, want their items to necessarily end up clearanced. Right. I, I know typically it seems like some of the convention runs were around 500. Um, it, it seems like as far as when they numbered them, like the mastermind, I think numbered, uh, their, uh, um, a couple of the uh, releases and whatnot. So that I, but then I've heard too, like I know when they were doing their crowdfunding um, uh, as well, that I think, I think they said like the minimum was, was 500 for like their art fire, but that was a remold. And then I think there was like other ones where it was like on a new mold that I, I can't remember if they were saying like it was a thousand or 2000, maybe something like that. But then I, I'm just curious in general, like, if you're taking like the, that fans project, like that city armor, where they like they sold a boatload of those back in the day, like was that run five thousand, ten thousand, or was it was it still yeah. closer to two thousand? Uh, I don't I don't remember, but um, I, I really I minute details like that I can't I can't remember. Yeah. Um, well, well, my. My question too, um, you know, just hitting on like when you're talking about like after you guys had this meeting and kind of said, hey, it's going to be thousands of dollars to actually pursue this in China and whatever, though. So initially you guys had sent some uh, uh, C&Ds to retailers um, for uh, for those iGear products. But like what, you know, it, it sounds like that that wasn't really a um, – you know, all that expensive. Like it takes some lawyers times to draft it up and whatnot. But like, yeah. is there a reason why you didn't like go to like, say all the North American retailers like big bad or to, to whoever, or e- even eBay or Amazon or whatever that, that might be selling some of these products and, and actually just uh, sending them a cease and desist rather than worrying about what's going on in Asia. Uh, that all costs money. And 
most so there's Hasbro Legal, which is paid every department sends money to pay for Hasbro Legal. They send a lot of C and Ds. They do the grunt work. If you want to pursue someone legally, that Hasbro Legal hires an outside firm to to do that. They don't do that. They hire another uh, firm who specializes in, in that. So, um, believe it or not, most of Hasbro Legal's time and money when the item, when the issue of third-party stuff came up, most of their time and money was spent on getting My Little Pony videos off of YouTube. Because they wanted, they, I shit you not, because that, that was DVD money that they were losing. Right. And that was soundtrack money that they were losing. Uh, that was viewers on the hub that they were losing. So most, most of their, yeah, getting My Little Pony off of, off of YouTube. That's way more cut and dry, though, right? Because if I yes. can get my episodes on YouTube, I won't get them otherwise. But just because I can get this different version of a Masterpiece Starscream doesn't mean I won't buy the next Masterpiece Starscream. Just because I can get Meteor doesn't mean that I'm not going to buy the next Masterpiece Starscream instead. Or keep both or have thousands of Starscreams like some people. Um so, yeah, it's a lot more cut and dry to just be like, let's get rid of those episodes. Well, right. well and I think you also hit on, too, is is that it's a collector market versus the, you know, entire market or market for kids. Right. And, I, you know, I it seems to me that, like, at least back in the day that the, you know, kid market, the mainstream kids were, were much bigger market and more uh, important for Hasbro than... And, and, and they still are now, but like the collector market, I don't, it doesn't seem like the collector market was as big of a thing back then. Whereas now it seems like that's a bigger, uh, a bigger piece of the pie for Hasbro. That is true. Uh, I don't know where this came from, but somebody at Hasbro at some convention said, oh, collectors are just 10%. And that number floated around for a few years on the forums. It's not ten percent. It's it's not. It's way more. Uh, and then you think about who are they designing towards? Movie studio series. Who is that designed towards? Generations. Who is that designed towards? Right. Right. They can keep right. pumping out Optimus and Megatron and Starstream all day long to kids. Right. But when they get, they do stuff like Masterpiece Prowl, uh, studio series. Constructicons that are screen accurate and combine, uh, who are they targeting, right? When they do, like, you know, Target Masters, who are they targeting, right? They're targeting us. We know who those characters are, right? A little kid sees it, it's a jet. But to get us engaged, they know they need to give some fan service to keep getting our money over and over again. Right. Right, and then the quality of the figure overall that, you know, the waffles and whatnot that, you know, kids are going to be um, okay with less articulation, you know, more yeah. hollowness than what adult collectors are going Kid, to be. Kids might be okay with Cyberverse. We're not okay with Cyberverse. Right. Right, that's, that's the opportunities that exist, you know. So if Cyberverse 
10, 15 years from now, what is third-party Transformers going to look like? Is it going to be Cyberverse? Is it going to be a Cyberverse Slipstream, Starscream, Bumblebee, fully articulated masterpiece style? Is that what the future is? Right. That would be kind of cool. What are we looking at right now? We're looking at Beast Wars masterpiece figures showing up, right? right. What's next? What what has been on the horizon for, for third-party guys? Armada Optimus, right? You look at uh, Cybertron Starscream, maybe a little, that Meteor, it was maybe a little ahead of its time, but they're coming. The Unicron Trilogy that is coming. But, I, you know, I'm curious in general, though, okay, like G1, the, the market for G1, for those who, you know, when they were kids, watched the TV show is huge, right? And the market of people who watch the movies is huge. But, it, you know, is the market for the Unicron trilogy or for animated figures or Transformers Prime or just whatever, some of those, like the original built-in market of people that may have nostalgia for that, is that market the same size as those G1? So I, I, I wonder if they will bother with it because you already see it right now with, with some of the third parties where – you know, even even third parties not getting into some of the season four characters or some of the Japanese like they they hit the main characters on those shows. But like a lot of weird, you know, stuff like uh, ironically, I feel like Hasbro is actually hitting a lot more of those characters now with Siege than uh, what third party is now. I think yes, there's but- no reason to think they won't, though, because the the cartoons, you know, from Armada all the way to Cyberverse are being played in the most popular places for kids to watch cartoons, you know, Cartoon Network or wherever, or being posted directly on YouTube for kids to fall into those YouTube pits. They're being put into the same places that are most popular. So I think I, it's reasonable to think that eventually the market will be just as big for those characters and as they are for our characters. And if you think about the number of units that are produced versus the cost of tooling, Tooling dictates how many units you need to produce in order to cover your tooling and make a profit. I think the markets will be there for for those lines to show up. Uh, now, third party has more and more and more graduated towards masterpiece. Um, make um, Planet X is kind of like Planet X, and who's the other one? Mastermind and Mastermind, uh, like yeah, they're Mastermind they're still playing in the in the you know Chug universe, right? Right, which I love. Uh, but I wouldn't be surprised if twenty years from now we have third party masterpiece rescue bots. Could be fun. So I have a question I want to throw. I have a question I want to throw out there just about because we've kind of we've kind of been stuck on the whole like idea of third party as possibly, you know, being an inconvenience and possibly a real problem to Hasbro and possibly, you know, hurting them in some ways. And I'm curious what you guys think about the possibility that third party might hurt us. And the way I want to frame this is by comparing two characters that we haven't gotten because some of us really like collecting masterpiece figures and i know that i i am like kind of going crazy about whether or not i want to keep collecting masterpiece figures right now which is a whole topic for another time perhaps microcasters but what i want to ask is two characters that we have not as of yet i know um very soon we're getting one of them 
but that we have not that we have not yet gotten as in key that people do tend to really like are Hound and Jazz, right? We haven't gotten those two guys as MP just yet. We're getting housing, but we we haven't heard anything about a Jazz in the future. I doubt Jazz right? will ever get made. It, let's get to that in just a second. Yeah. Let me finish here. Um, but, like, if you think about it, we've gotten several third-party Masterpiece versions of both of those characters, right? I think there's something like I think there's like four or five jazzes now and like at least three hounds out there on the market, depending on what you like and what kind you like. But Hasbro has still produced a hound and still hasn't produced a jazz. Do you, do we think in any way that having good third party versions out there lower the likelihood that Hasbro is going to spend the money on producing a masterpiece figure? Nope. Not at all. Again, they're not really aware of what's out there. Uh, plus, there's a mentality that it's our character. If we want to make it, we're going to make it. Right? Mm-hmm. Who makes sense to, to make next? You know, we, we're, we're still making 84, 85 characters. And we, we can tap that well for a, long, a good long time. So, I don't think that affects Hasbro in any way. But, so, if it doesn't affect their mentality, does it affect our buying? Like, do you think that Hound is going to not sell as well because there are so many other options out there for Hound at this point? Well, I mean, look at Sunstreaker. Sunstreaker came out, and everyone's like, buy, buy my th- third-party MP right. masterpiece, Sunstreaker. Absolutely. Buy it. Buy it for $40. Buy it, please. Uh, that's how I That's how I look at it. I can, I can tell you from an insider point of view that Hasbro doesn't care that someone else has made a, a Hound at all. Um, but it does circle back to what we we're talking about as far as combiners, right? So a few things, I was told a few things, and it just goes to design director. And when there is a change in design director, the whole mentality of what you can make changes. So I was told no female characters. I had a fight for arachnia, right? We don't want female characters. We made an RC. We're not making our arachnia. I'm like, God damn it. She's in the show. It was a whole battle. I've talked about the process of having to get her made before. The new design director comes in. Female figures everywhere! Let's all... Every character should be female! Yes! 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 Female Optimus! Yes! Female Megatron! Yes! Yes. So now... Another thing I was told was... I was told this by designers, and I was told this by marketers. I was pitching two figures, a a new skew. So it was Megatron, the ATB Megatron, right, from the IDW comics, with the Decepticod armor, right? And I was pitching Ultra Magnus, and the trailer transforms into the armor, right? And I was told, we will never make that. We'll never, we'll never make that. You know why? Because if a kid loses a piece, then that toy's done. We'll never make that. If he loses his hand, then his toy's broken and, and he can't enjoy the toy anymore. Which is why, you guys remember Energon Omega Supreme? If you take the head off, there's another head that's still there. The attachment where the head connects, it pops up, and there's a face painted on that. So that the kid can still enjoy the toy if he loses the head. So, 
headmasters? No, because then the head, the kid loses the head, and the kids, the kid's screwed, right? Just goes to show you when a new design director comes in, we we can make those. Yes, those are exciting. Those haven't been in the in the line for a long time. Let's make an Ultra Magnus where the trailer transforms. Let's make a Power Master Prime. Let's make Headmasters. Let's make Target Masters. And it goes back to Combiner Wars. So Hasbro was, I would say, not against Combiners. They were excited about Combiners, but we, we didn't know how to do Combiners. And that's how you get the War for Cybertron uh, onslaught of, of Brugis. Mm-hmm. All right, so that was the first attempt at Combiners. The second attempt of Combiners were the Transformers Prime Terracons, right? The Abominus. So those started off at just being individual pieces, and then uh, I think it was Joe Kai who said, can we do like a special exclusive set and we'll make them all combined? So he had to retroactively go back and figure out how the two figures that he had already made can combine, where they can plug in to, to new figures to create Abominus. And I think Hasbro saw all the third-party combiners that were coming out, all the different scales, and I think that is what sold them. As I, I know it might sound hypocritical that I'm saying mm-hmm. that Hasbro doesn't know what's out there, but in the combiner situation, it is true, from my point of view, that they're looking at these combiners that are out there, and they were maybe four or five years late to the party, but they said, we're going all in on combiners. Titans is a different thing. Titans is already in the works. They said, we want to make Titans. So, tit- Titans, uh, like Omega Supreme, uh, Metroplex, that, that stuff was already being worked on way before it ever came out. Years before it ever came out. I mean... I feel like if if you look at what fans project is released over the years and then subsequently what um, Hasbro releases a few years later, I mean, they've literally reproduced everything that fans project or not everything, but a lot of what fans projects has done. A lot of their headmasters, you know, again, like you were talking about the, uh, the combiners, the Magnus armor, um, you know, you just go down, uh, the list with that, that I, I just feel like it's, it, it almost seems like that they are, you know, taking the blueprint from fans project and saying, okay, well, it looks like that sells. And again, it may be complete coincidence that, you know, fans project sees something and Hasbro, you know, see something independently, but man, I tell you what, it just, it seems odd to me that they, yeah they both seem to be doing it. I, I think it's, I honestly believe it's coincidence in the, except for the overall, combiners you know and then you get the situation where he's like you got five different companies making pre- everyone makes a predaking everyone's making abominus and uh bruticus and everyone makes devastator well well at least hasbro did it their own way where they made it as an ecosystem versus like this character and then this character because that always kind of annoys me that None of those combiners in the third party world work together. None of them are Scramble City. And I attribute that. I attribute that to Takara. 
saying this is what's going to work for our market because if you look at the marketing behind the hasbro version of it it doesn't really play up the whole what you could call scramble city idea but takara plays that up so i think that that's takara's influence and uh they you know there's certain ones you know devastator and predaking they say okay yeah yeah those are special we we understand so i kind of Oh, sorry. I was, I was going to well, say, go, going back um, to the the uh, third party or whatever versus uh, Hasbro. So was it a much bigger deal if a third party was actually taking engineering or uh, tooling from yeah. Hasbro and using that versus like, so like, again, like, fan, you know, going back to Fans <laughs> Project or Make Toys or that- whatever, or Planet X, where they might, it you could call it a like their own character, like the make toys cross dimension and stuff where like mm-hmm. it's there, there's no media that they're basing it off of. Right. Those, those are original characters, but uh, yeah, because when you duplicate tooling, it's uh, like kind of like a closed case or it's like, gotcha, bitch. Uh, but when you, when you're creating something new, it's different. You duplicate the tooling open and shut. We 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 can we can go after you. It's just how much do we want to spend to do that? Is it worth our time? Is it worth our money? Which is why Hasbro's looking how many units are produced. What's the MSRP? What's the average that they're selling at? Big calculations. And uh, so I I was I was given marching orders to help assemble that. And that kind of came and ended while I was there. So I, I doubt there's anyone doing that type of work there now. Yeah. The end. So one question that someone in our chat asked and that I think is like a conspiracy theory that goes around the boards constantly is that this conspiracy theory that someday Hasbro is just going to wave their mighty hammer and crush all the third-party companies with cease and desist letters and destroy all of it. And, um, you know, um, Harry Baby in the chat asked if that's... Right, 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 right. But what they asked was, do you think that this is ever going to happen? Do you think they're ever going to actually go... Because you basically said no, but I feel like the, the idea within the fandom, within us when we're talking on the boards is that it will happen someday so do you all believe that someday hasbro is going to and maybe it's because we now have pulse to release premium figures maybe it's because they have more resources who knows what the reason is but do you think it'll ever happen no and i point to evidence why hasn't it already happened right that's how i feel i mean look at how from Hasbro's point of view, look at how bad the situation is with third party. That there are people who are full-time employees doing nothing but making third-party Transformers now. There are factories dedicated to making third-party Transformers right now. There's a, there's If Transformers were to end today, third-party would still exist. So it's gotten to the point where they... Maybe they can they can do something, 
in the U.S. or in Canada or in certain markets, like, hey, don't sell this stuff anymore. But that's not going to – it just means it moves to Facebook. It means it moves to eBay or somewhere else, right? And I, and I point to something else that happened in the past. This was uh, circa PowerLink's Armada time. Hasbro had an a invitational meeting where they said, hey, everybody come up to Hasbro. We're going to show you some Armada toys, some new toys. Just because, everybody come up. It'll be fun. So a bunch of the boards get up there and... You know, it was all the, the usual suspects back back in the day, in the early 2000s. It was uh, TFW and Transfandom and Cybertron and uh, uh, TF. I, I forget all the different. But it was, you know, Allspar. You know, everybody was there. And uh, what they hit us with, they're like, showing prototypes, gray models, uh, showing stuff that's sold on eBay is wrong, and it needs to stop, and you're going to stop doing it today. And that lasted for about maybe a year and a half. So what, you mean like reporting news? Like, check yeah. out this thing that... Yeah, leaked. hey, look, somebody on eBay is selling this repainted version of Hound that looks like uh, Cybertron Defense Hotshot. That, that would be a news story. And years ago... They said, don't do that. And for a while, the boards would do it. And then it, it slowly became like, all right, it's not on the front page. It's on the boards now. All right. And then it and then it became like, some boards do it. Some boards don't do it. It became like faction wars. And now it's, it's like, again, as people rotate in and out of certain positions, ideas change. Female characters. I remember when rumors were only on certain websites. Like yes. Co Cosmicrust.com was the place. Oh, I remember real that. Deal. Wow. <laughs> I remember that that site. That was back when there were like alternator leaks, a list of uh, upcoming alternator toys. Yes. Yes. Yeah, it was crazy a few years ago where uh, like everything leaked. I think Power of the Primes, right? Like there was some, some document that somehow got out and literally leak the entire line yeah that happens but that's that's like you know it happens with movies it happens with toy lines it happens where an artist their whole album will leak before it's street date mm -hmm. so it's just huh? it's just part of uh our entitlement to think that we're allowed to consume whatever uh -huh. we want And who's going to stop? It's it's the internet. I mean, going to that question again, like I wish that would happen at some point. That like there would just be some like huge retribution or a transformer rapture in Asia, but it's it's really never going to happen. Well, I, I don't I don't want to say never actually, but like when that Unicron leak came out as they're doing the Haslab thing, I thought this might be. This might be the thing that you poked the bear too much, guys. Like, they're trying to, like, do something serious here. And if you fuck with this, you're going to get fucked with. So, I mean, I haven't heard anything about that third-party Unicron since. I doubt anything happened. But um, that's the kind of thing that, that I think a big high-profile um, 
infringement could at least set a pr setting a precedent is is what needs is what would happen first. And that the problem is it's risky for Hasbro to try to set a precedent of whether they're in the right or the wrong. That that's a that's a they don't. It's up to the judge in the end. Like it's not. Uh, it's, it's up not a to lot the consumer money. in the end. Well, I mean, yeah, the consumer can do whatever they want. Consumer can do whatever they want. And that's the point. That's the point. Is that so really? The, oh, go ahead. I was going to ask if the Unicron thing is really any different than the fact that I feel like it was a little too close to when MP44 was announced that both um, who's the it's. Uh, Who's the other company other than Magic Square that did an MP Optimus? Uh, Transform Element. Transform Element, right. So we got two nice third-party MP Optimuses yeah. that seem to have almost gone from production or from concept to production to being out there in the time that it's taken from MP44 to get announced to still not be out yet. I feel like that's really similar to the Unicron thing. And I, I don't think it's really going to hurt MP44 that much, but it might. Like it's, it's realistic that it could, because I, I would be buying it. I, I think that, you know, again, Hasbro isn't really producing as many of the Masterpiece figures themselves. Like, it's, I mean, it's Hasbro Asia, but, like, it's, it's more on right. Jakara, right? And so, I mean, that's not their market as much. I mean, they have Masterpiece movie figures, so I feel like that kind of hurts them. But, like, I, I would think Hasbro that... You know, but again, like I've heard a lot of people that have said that. I mean, I know that Drawn, you know, had talked about that too. It's like, oh, I can have a new third party Optimus for a hundred and you know, whatever dollars, right? Or I can spend four hundred and fifty dollars on the new MP forty four. Like, I, am I sure I want to spend that much? And so, I mean, there, there's a lot of collectors are doing that. So I, I don't know. I, I would think that, a, that Hasbro would be throwing a fit about those new Optimuses. The third I, I would. I mean, I would too. I'm, I'm of the opinion that you know, like we were saying about leaks, Hasbro and Takara's plans are leaked to people that are in this industry. Like people are finding out about this stuff and these third party companies can work a lot faster. They're more nimble as we say. And so they're rushing to get this stuff out while Hasbro's like on a, on a timeline so they can make their money. And then be like, if they sell the most of their stock before MP44 comes out, they're probably like, woo, they're probably like Antonio Banderas on the computer. Like, ooh, you know, like that very happy. Because once the MP44 comes out, no one wants to pay $100 for a subpar knockoff Optimus. <laughs> I think they're it's better. It's not a knockoff. <laughs> no, it's not a knockoff. That is for I, I was being inflammatory. It's, uh, it's a different figure. It's a different engineering. So I, I will say to your argument, yes and no. And, and leave it at that. Let, but I, let the I, listener extrapolate what I mean. I definitely, I definitely think we can take faith in the fact that Rick's probably right about the fact that Hasbro doesn't pay as much attention to third party as we would think they would, or maybe we would want them to in Paul's case. But I really definitely think that, you know, what you just said about the leaks, the opposite is very true. I think third party pays a lot of attention to Hasbro. I They really pay attention to the trends. I think they pay attention to the whole I think they pay attention to the wins and the losses. 
the Hasbro experiences. This reminds me of a story. And one of my favorite Generations toys is that Deluxe Drift. And why did Drift get made? Because I was looking online and I see this company announces that they're going to make a Drift. And so I say, this is a new character. Everyone loves this character. It's awesome. Some people who hate Drift. I love Drift. We got to make Drift. We got to make Drift. And I, I made a, a huge argument as to why we need to make Drift. And they didn't want to make it because, oh, it's IDW's character. We're not going to make it. And I'm like, no, but we own it. It's our character. We own it. We need to make it. And so that's why at that BotCon, whenever that was, I think it was BotCon 2000, maybe 10, 2011. At the end of the panel, we showed Drift. But we didn't show, we showed what we had, like, made the week before, which was just, like, a very rude uh, framework and, like, sketches. And it's, like, we just wanted to say, hey, we're making Drift. And the crowd freaked out. And that third party, I don't know what company that ever was, that third party Drift never, never went anywhere. It never came out. So that was one time. Well, again, I had I had marching orders to do stuff like that. Right. But my position doesn't exist there anymore. To, to me, I feel like that the the chug figures, especially that I, I feel like with Siege that, you know, they could see that there was that collector's market out there and that, you know, it's not 10 percent. It's a, it's a lot more than that. And so I, I feel like what Hasbro is doing now to crush third parties um, with, with Chug is just releasing all this product. So all, all the stuff that they've done in Siege, like all the weird characters that they've done in Siege, because now at this point, like Fans Project pretty much just threw up their hands and said, you know what, we're done. Like, or the with the, some of the Chug combiners and whatever, because they said, hey, like, we don't know what Hasbro's going to do. So if we throw, if, if we try to release a Monstructor, like, we don't know if Hasbro's going to release a Monstructor next week. And like a lot of the chug collectors, if they can get a Hasbro hundred dollar figure that's good enough, they're not going to spend five hundred dollars on the Fans Project one. Um, you know, so it's a little bit different ball game with Masterpiece, but at the same time, the numbers aren't the same as what they were for uh, right. for chug. So. Yeah. But you know, Hasbro sales are down. Uh, Third party sales are way down. So. I think we're we're just heading towards a point in the collector economy that we're it all it's peaks and valleys. And, yeah, we uh, just we're, we just need a new new movie. Yeah, we're in a I we're in a valley I... right now. It's not just a movie. We need a new expression of a movie, and the belief that let's take a chance and make all the product we did for 2007 for that new movie. But the movie has to be a new expression. Yeah, it can't Mumble be. Mumblebee was not a new expression. There's too many, too much debate on whether it's a reboot or a, a prequel. It needs to be an actual reboot. We need a new. We need new people. New involved. design, like yeah. Bumblebee. For you could say, oh well, it, it is. You know, they change the designs, they change the characters, so it's more genuine. But it's still derived from that Michael Bay universe. So it's the same head, it's the same guy. Bumblebee can't talk. We need a heartbreak, and that, and but you know what? That's the character now. Live with it. 
That's the character now. We just need a hard break and something new, whether it's... An I'm a consumer, Rick. I don't want Bumblebee to not talk. I'm in charge, right? <laughs> uh, well, according to all the people that have bought Bumblebee since 2007, you're outnumbered. Yeah, so... But, I thought but, that Hasbro was back with their number. I thought Hasbro's numbers were back up after. I mean, it's not back up to where they were originally, but like I know when when uh, uh, what call it uh, Toys R Us closed, that that was like really bad, and I think that was where they had a lot of layoffs and whatnot. But then I thought that the last couple quarters or the last year, I thought that the numbers have been trending back upward. Am I wrong? Actually, I haven't been keeping track of the numbers, but. Mm-hmm. It will never be 2007, 2008 again, right. unless we have that clean break. And I would love for that clean break to be an animated film. Oh, no, I like, think an, an animated like, film would be fantastic. But at the same time, right. I don't feel like the toy market is ever going to be what it was in 2007, 2008, mm-hmm. because like it's just kids, kids don't collect that stuff anymore. Like they're not they're into other stuff. And so, like, I, I just don't think that you're ever going to see what it was, you know, at that point. And that, that, you know, that was always a discussion. It keeps getting younger that kids are using iPads and that kids are playing video games. That The, the number keeps getting younger and younger. So that was always a discussion we, had, we were having uh, at Hasbro. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, you also got to look at what's the world economy right now and if tariffs go into effect, uh, how does that affect, you know, pe- just regular people like us, not even a parent buying a, a figure for a toy, you know, do we, do we want to pay 22, 24 bucks for a deluxe figure? You know, do we want to pay 15 bucks for a deluxe cyberverse figure? Right. So that's, well, that's, a that, lar- that's a larger conversation to monitor. Yeah, I mean that—that's you know kind of off topic for for this one, but like the the fact is is that if costs keep going up and all that, you know, a lot of those uh, figures originally were kind of like an impulse buy. It's like, okay, well, you know what? If you're good at the store, I'll get you this toy, right? Well, like if the if the freaking figure is thirty bucks or whatever, well, you know, I'm not going to do that, and then you know, they're not going to want that toy. Like my kids like, Oh, if that's 30 bucks, like, can you just get me this video game? Cause that's like, you know, 40 bucks instead of 30 bucks, um, you know, kind of, kind of thing. And it, it becomes something where it's like, I would rather, you know, it, it's a birthday present now, or it's a Christmas present, not a, you know, Hey, like we just stopped in for, you know, half gallon of milk and, you know, here, you know, here's a toy to shut you up. All right. Uh, so moving on to Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> I actually wanted to ask one more somewhat self-serving oh, sure. okay. question that's related to this topic before you start talking about a completely different fandom, <laughs> um, at which point I will turn off my Skype and go off about my business. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to ask what you guys think about the possibility. And I, I think the possibility is very slim, but I still want to throw it out there because third party has built, at this point, in the last like two or three years, third party has built their own own section of toy collecting, right? They took the the size factor of the Legends figures that Hasbro was producing, and they made their own new area of Transformers collecting in these high end 
highly detailed, highly articulated legends figures that Hasbro has not touched. Do you all think that there will ever come a day where Hasbro will bother touching this market because it has gotten bigger it has gotten more popular and they are really like even if you're even if you're a paul and you don't do third party you can't deny that the engineering and everything on these guys is impressive and they're neat to have around so do we, we ever think hasbro will just third party build their own market and then dive in and destroy it or something so not to the degree that these companies do it because figures at that size, demand a certain price point from Hasbro, and those are yeah. the figures that Hasbro uses to get into emerging markets. So, like, like Turkey, they get the Legends figures, right? That's all they get. They get Legends. They get Legends figures. So, uh, Cambodia, they get Legends figure. You know, so those those are the figures that when I was there, like, that's why that skew existed, right? Because those were the figures that we could export uh, at the right price point to emerging markets. So I don't think they'll ever be able to tackle it to the engineering uh, engineering degree that these other companies have. And certainly not with the paint apps. Because in our market, in, in North America, Europe, it still has to be a... Eight ten dollar item. I mean, I'd love to see it. I'd love to see something similar. The closest I could think of is like if they did some MicroMasters because they're doing MicroMasters again. That they just like did some decos of those that look like other characters. You know, like Bron- like the G some of the G one mini bots and maybe Optimus as a whatever one's a semi. You know, that's probably the closest we would legitimately at least see in the future munition I don't know yeah yeah all right well I think we've reached our uh, talking yeah yeah I think we, uh, uh, we we've went we've went a while and I know we you know have kind of circled around the the uh, issue so uh, Rick yeah. I really appreciate you you know discussing that because it kind of it Again, for those of you that didn't watch Ouch My Wallet, um, you know, earlier in the week, we kind of touched on it a little bit. And um, so it's, it's, you know, very informative to kind of hear, you know, what what Hasbro kind of thought at the time. So Um, and then uh, also I do want to note for uh, we are going to have our regular shows this week, but then next weekend uh, we're going to do a pre-record for TFYLP since it's Labor Day weekend. You know, we're going to go do some stuff with our family and whatnot and, and, uh, and whatever. So, or be out, be out of town, have fun and whatnot. So, um, but I also want to mention too our, uh, Patreon. So if you like what, uh, we do, uh, you know, consider supporting us on Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash TFYLP. Um, so you can give a little as a dollar per month and we have, uh, you know, uh, certain content, uh, and then, you know, there's different levels and, and whatnot that we release for our Patreon subscribers. Um, so, again, we do that for the server costs and uh, and all uh, website hosting costs and, and all that type of thing. So, and, uh, yeah, I guess that's it. Is there, you guys have any final thoughts before we wrap? 
I just wanted to say, speaking of viewers, that we've had a very active viewer chat today, and I apologize that we haven't got to all the questions today, but thank you so much for being active and participating. Please keep it up. It's a lot more fun for us when we get to see your questions, your thoughts, and let you guide our discussion. I think that's a lot more engaging and fun, so keep it up, and thank you. Yeah, thank you. I, I have one thing I meant I wanted to bring up somewhere along the way here. Did anyone watch any live streams of the Canada Fan Expo Hasbro panel. I happen to be on, you know, on my phone when that happened, and someone asked a question to John Warden about Perfect Effect figures, and it was like so awkward, <laughs> and I was just laughing my ass off. And he's like, "Perfect Effect is another company," <laughs> and this is in front of the room of everybody. And uh, I don't know what the guy was asking. Really, it was a really weird question, and. So this, he, you know, that there's a third party thing thrown in the face of Hasbro in front of everybody. So some people are dicks, man. He great. John gracefully managed the situation. So way to go. John's a good person. Yeah. Uh, Ricky, right. do you have any final thoughts? Uh, no, no, I, I need to go eat something. All right. Well, thanks everyone. And uh, check out microcasters uh, Tuesday night at 10 o'clock Eastern. Oh, we never got to talk about Star Wars. <laughs> oh, uh, dear. You lied to me, Lucas. Uh, you lied wait, to me. Wait for out for my wallet on Wednesday, I guess. You, you lied to me. So, yeah, we'll, we'll have our own Star Wars spinoff for Rick, right? No. <laughs> no, we won't. Yeah. All right. Well, Can th we call thanks, it Rick Hi. Good day, good night, good whatever. Yeah. This has been Transformers for your listening pleasure, a presentation of TFTalk.net. We'd like to thank you for listening and ask that you please rate us on your favorite podcast outlet and share us with your friends. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at TFYLP. Email us at podcast at TFYLP.com. This is Paul Lighting, and on behalf of TFYLP, we'd like to thank you again for listening. And we hope you'll join us next time for another... T-F-Y-L-P. <laughs> 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 <laughs>